Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Welcome to the broadcast, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I am evangelist Nick. And I'm here in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. A beautiful day today, and I'm so excited that you joined us. We're going we're gonna to believe God that whatever's been holding any of you back tonight is going to be broken by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, God has destined us to win. Each one of you are already a winner. You're not trying to be a winner. You are a winner, and we're going to get into that. Five keys to winning the fight of faith. I want you to go in your Bibles if you're taking notes, and if you're listening to this later on the podcast, open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6 in verse 11. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. And as you're going there, I want you to know this. That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So now you're going to get a lot of the Word, but that Word is what's going to bring forth light and bring forth life. So let's, let's read this together. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. I want you to type that in the comments, fight the good fight of faith, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight, winning the fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, the first thing I want to point out before I get into any of the keys is the fact that you are in a fight. Whether you realize it or not, you are in a the fight of faith. Now, any other fight outside of the fight of faith you're, is the wrong fight. We're not to fight uh, any other battle besides the fight of faith. And we're going to talk about this tonight because when you are in a fight of faith, you're not coming from a place of trying to get the victory. You're fighting from a place of victory. Let me say it again. You're not fighting from a place to obtain victory. You're fighting from the position that you've already won. That's why I had you say in the beginning, I am a winner. You're a winner already. You're not trying to be a winner. You are already a winner. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Because he won, you win. I want you just to think think about that for a second because sadly... Across uh, at least the western side of church, uh, you know, in America, Canada, they teach that uh, you you're basically got to struggle through life. That you're actually uh, fighting the devil all the time. That you're gonna have valleys and mountaintop experiences. That you're going to. Uh, it's okay for everyone to to lose here and there. You know, you may lose a battle, but you'll eventually win the war. That's all nonsense. You know, people are getting their theology from uh, Facebook memes and from Instagram stories rather than from the Word of God. No, you're you're we are fighting from a position of victory, and you have to enforce 
the victory over your enemy, the adversary, the, the devil. Otherwise, he's a thief. Otherwise, he, he, he doesn't play fair, and he's already defeated. But why are so many Christians in uh, total loss? Why are so many Christians sick? Why are so many Christians poor? Why are so many Christians have constant struggles in their life? Because they're not fighting the good fight of faith. Because they're not enforcing the victory. They're just settling for, well, this is my lot in life. And I just had to go through it and I just have to, you know, I just have to get beat up and, and get pushed down. No, that's not your portion. You listening to me right now, you right there on the other, other side of this camera, your portion is not to lose. Your portion is to win. You were destined to win before the foundations of the earth was laid. You were destined to walk in victory. You were destined to go to greater heights, to new levels, to greater things. Hey, God bless you, Jason. Thanks for tuning in. Come on, Jason's a winner. Vicky's a winner. My wife's a winner. Jose's a winner. I'm a winner. We're we're headed. We're not headed towards victory. We're we're walking in the victory. We're enforcing it. And so you need to understand these keys to enforce uh, your victory because you can't you can't um, walk in something you are unaware of. You know the Bible says you are destroyed, we are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What you don't know will hurt you. I want you to think about that for a second. What you don't know will hurt you or what you think you know that is wrong is also hurting you. And so we want to know these keys tonight. And why do we use keys? Not because all Here's another guy talking about keys and, you know, he's got so many keys, you know, it's, you can dangle them. You know, we talk about keys because he's given us the keys to the kingdom. I'm just, it's just a, a little phrase that we use five points, five things to help you walk in. So you can continue to win the fight of faith. For those who are just tuning in, we're in a fight. You're in a fight and you're destined to win. Now, first key, number one, first Timothy four, verse eight. So just Flip back a couple chapters, a couple pages in your Bible. 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. For physical exercise has some value. This is an NET version. But godliness is valuable in every way. It holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. In other words, godliness is profitable unto all things. That's the King James Version. Godliness is profitable unto all things. I want you to type that in the comments. Godliness is profitable. What does that mean? That means when you are living right, when you are getting rid of sin, that's what I have in quotes here, get rid of sin. You're removing all sin from your life. What do I mean by that? Well, when Jesus saved you, and I'm talking to the believers here, when you're born again, he sets you free from the law of sin and death. Sin no longer has a hold on you, but people need to crucify their flesh daily so they can experience the benefits daily. And if you don't crucify your flesh, if you don't uh, get rid of sin, sin will get rid of you. And so sin is the number one thing that causes people to keep going through the cycle of defeat. I'm telling you right now, you 
can be free from all sin. Well, brother, you know, I was raised in church, and uh, I believe you got to sin every single day. And before I lay my head on that pillow, before I go to bed, I say, Lord, forgive me for the sins that I committed tonight, and forgive me for the sins I'll commit tomorrow. No, that's, that's garbage. You don't have to live a life of constantly sinning. You can live a life of freedom. Does that mean when you mess up that uh, you know, you're done for? Absolutely not. He's just and he will forgive your sins. He will. If you confess your faults, he is just to forgive you. But I'm talking about a lifestyle of sin. You must let the lifestyle of sin go. What do I mean by that? I mean, you got to let alcohol, you got to get rid of alcohol in your life. Well, brother, you know, Jesus turned water into wine. I don't care. Drunkenness is a sin. And why even touch something that could eventually, if you slip too far, can send you straight into sin? I'd rather not touch it at all. Get rid of alcohol. Get rid of perversion. Get rid of uh, wrong thinking. Allow the word of God to transform your mind. Why? Because you want to maintain that place of victory. We, uh, we are uh, victorious through Christ Jesus. We, are, we have the mind of Christ. We can allow his mind to, to uh, penetrate in, in, into our mind so we can think right. We can live right. We can be right. How? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 2, verses 1 and 2. Present your body as a living sacrifice. I want you to look at your body and say, this is not my body. This is the Lord's body. Present your body as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? It means you crucify your flesh daily. Why? Well, brother, you're talking about walking in victory. Yeah, we walk from victory from the spirit towards the soul into the body. You're a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a body. When you crucify your flesh, you're saying, I am not giving my flesh free reign to to crave because your flesh craves the sinful nature. Your spirit man's born again. Your mind's being renewed, but your flesh has to be crucified every single day. Now, godliness is profitable unto all things. You see, bodily exercise is good. You know, we were talking actually right before the, the live stream about how uh, we, we're going to the gym or we need to go more or whatever. And I just started going to the gym about three weeks ago and I need to keep going more often, <laughs> but I'm going, you know, as much as I possibly can with the time that I have and with travel, but that's a little profit. You know, you get your profit, you get, you feel good and everything, but godliness is profitable unto all things. So I'm not saying throw out exercise, but what am I saying? When you uh, go after the things of God. Allow your mind to be renewed. Go after the spiritual things. You're going to continue to see victory after victory after victory. But you have to crucify the flesh. You must get rid of sin. I want you to type in the comments, sin is a killer. Sin equals a loser. Sin will cause you to lose every single time. It don't matter. You can be the richest person in the world, but if you die a sinner for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Sin, you got to get rid of sin before sin gets rid of you. You, when you get rid of sin, you know, people don't talk about sin that much. I'm not, I'm not saying no one does because people do. I know people who do, but they don't talk about it too much because people are constantly getting offended. But see, you, sometimes, you, need to, you need to understand you can live a, a godly life. You can live a holy life. He gave us the Holy Spirit so we can live holy. You got to help. 
He's going to help you. How You say, well, I've tried that, and I keep falling into this. Keep reading the Word. Keep allowing the Word to come alive. Keep going after and doing what the Bible says. Don't be hearers only, but be doers of the Word of God. How do you want to build a godly stronghold in your life? Act upon God's Word. And as you act upon God's Word, you're fighting the fight of faith. You're, you're laying hold of eternal life. See, you're fighting from the place of victory. You're not trying to get victory. You have it already, but you're the one who enforces the victory through what you say and what you do. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but get rid of sin. I can't stress it enough. Get rid of sin. Get it out of your life. Do whatever you have to do. You know, I remember when I first got saved, you know what I did? I put on parental controls over the ads on YouTube. I, I deleted Facebook for a time, which doesn't help me right now if you end up deleting it because you can't watch me. But I deleted all social media. I got off of it, and I went after the Word of God for like a good 6 to 9 to 12 months. I don't know how long it was. It was my first year of Bible school. And so I just went after it. Uh, with the things of God so my mind could get renewed so I can get that garbage and that temptation away from me. The Bible says flee youthful lusts. Flee those things that would cause you to slip and fall into sin. There's things you can set up. You know, even if you got to treat yourself like a child. You know, I put the parental controls on my YouTube, on my phone. You know, it was like keeping me out of things that I... I'm over 18 years old, but it doesn't matter. I want godliness. I want to be profitable unto all things. I want to win in life. And if you're going to win in life, you got to get rid of sin. And so if you're a, if you're a believer, and right now as I'm speaking, you might be feeling convicted in your heart, well, I have sin in my life. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. Say, Father, forgive me for all my sins. Let him wash you clean, but make tonight the last night you ever dabble in sin as a lifestyle. Because I know things happen, whatever, but we should not, we don't have to sin every single day. You can go day on, day, on, uh, day in and day out, you can live a sinful or sinless life. But there's times when things happen. Be angry and sin not. Some people get super angry. They run the guy off the road and then they pull him out and you know what? They, they hammer his head in. No, don't do that. That's sin. That's just a joke. But see, people, you, things happen. Don't do that. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be normal. But what am I saying? I'm saying he'll forgive you of your sins if you're in sin, but don't practice sin. Amen? Can you all say amen on the, on the comments? Amen. You're getting rid of sin. Number one, key to winning the, the fight of faith, exercise godliness, or and I have in quotes, get rid of sin. Number two, start and stay in the place of victory. Start and then stay in the place of victory. So Jesus is the one who starts you in the place of victory, but it's up to you to remain in that place. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus places you in the place of victory already, but it's up to you to remain there. Romans 8 verse 37 says this, Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you know you're already a conqueror? Do you know you're already victorious because of Christ Jesus? He placed you on first place. You're already in first place. The only one who can cause you to step down from first place is yourself. So you have to stay in that place. 
How do you stay in that place? By understanding uh, who you are, by understanding what's been given to you, by understanding what Jesus has done. You stay in that place by understanding what Jesus has done for you and who he's made you to be. You get what I'm saying? Jesus already won. I'm going to back this up with Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. I want you to type together with Christ. We all know Jesus won. He was risen from the dead. But now we've been raised together with Christ Jesus. So by grace, we have been saved and raised up with him and seated. He seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ. You know, you're seated with Christ. You're seated with Christ Jesus. The only way you get off of that seat is getting up and lowering yourself. You know, it takes a good religious person to get you to be in a place of defeat when the Bible clearly tells you that you're in a place of victory. When you're seated with Christ, when you know where you're at, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, where we, he started us there when we're born again, and we stay there by understanding our place in Christ. You, you're not trying to be victorious. You're not trying to get authority. You're not trying to get victory. You already have it because of the place he's placed you in. And now he's transitioned that authority and that victory to us. And he has seated us with him in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ. I want you to pause and think about that. Come on. Come on, Brian. You're seated in heavenly places. Rod, Jason, Peter, you're seated with Christ. Think about it for a second. High above all principality, all power, all dominion. How can, how can the devil be fighting you? You know, there's a saying the old timers would say, well, you know, the devil's fighting. How can he be fighting you when you're, he's under your feet? I'm not saying he doesn't try to do things, but when you understand you've already won. So this is, the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, right? that the testing of your faith may produce patience. Why? Count it all joy because the devil thinks that, oh, I'm going to trip him up. I'm going to, you know, if you understand who you are and where you're seated, he's going he's gonna to try. He's going to think, oh, I'm going to trip him up. They're going to, you know, they're, they're going to be defeated. But no, you know that you already had the victory. So no matter what you're going through right now, on the other side of it is victory. Because you've already won. You already know the outcome. Devil, you can try all that you want, but on the other end of this thing, I've already won. On the other end of this sickness and disease that's tried to come against me, I'm already healed 2,000 years ago. On the other end of this trial, this, uh, this uh, lack in, in this you're stealing from me, on the other end is the devil owes you sevenfold. On the other end is complete victory. On the other end is complete prosperity, is abundance, is everything you need if you just lay hold of eternal life and you fight the good fight of faith. <clears throat> See, there, there's a fight, and it's to keep the faith. If you keep the faith, you win. What do you mean, what do you mean Nick, by keeping the faith? Type that in the comments, keep the faith. What do you, what do you mean? You're, not, you're, you're enforcing his word, you're enforcing his promise, by what you say and by what you do. That you, the greatest insult you can give the enemy is to completely ignore what he's doing and continue on and keep the faith. You know, if you just ignore what's happening, 
I'm not saying ignore the facts. You know, if you're sick, if there's like, if you have cancer, if you have a disease, you don't ignore the, you, the facts that you have it, but you enforce the victory. You keep the faith by, by his stripes, I am healed. You don't deny that the sickness is there. It's there. It's a real thing. But you're keeping the faith by enforcing his word. And by you continually enforcing his word, eventually the light will drive out darkness. And his word is a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my path. His word brings forth light. The more light you have, the more word you have, the more the promise you have, you, you keep the faith, you use that against the enemy, use the sword of the spirit, it will drive that out. It will drive that sickness out. It will drive that poverty out. It will drive that lack out. It will drive that insecurity out. It will drive that depression out. Come on, whatever you need, it will drive it right up out of there. Whatever is against you, the weapon may be formed against you, but it will not prosper when you keep the faith. When you keep the faith, come on, I'm stirring myself up. I'm, I want to run around this place. The weapon will not prosper. It may be formed, but it will not prosper. Because I'm, no, I'm, I'm seeing comments here, and I mean, how many by a show of hands you would say, you know what, I'm up against it. There's something coming against me, whether it's physically in your body, maybe it's some uh, material lack, maybe it's an unexpected bill, maybe it's, uh, you know, you lost your job, maybe it's something, maybe it's you need open doors, you got zero open doors, and you're wondering, God, you called me, and what are you doing? It doesn't matter what the weapon looks like. It's not going to prosper. His word and his promise will always prosper. You're not trying to get to the place of victory. You're already in the place of victory. If you stay there. What happens is, you know, the Bible says that uh, we're we're to present our, our bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, the problem about being a living sacrifice is sometimes the sacrifice likes to crawl off the altar. Because it's alive. You know, when, the sacri- when, the, when it's a dead uh, sacrifice, it's not moving, but it's a, we're to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. What does that look like? That means no matter what's going on, contrary to what the Bible says, you're still standing upon his word. Even if you have to stand there and look absolutely ridiculous, you know that God is coming through on the other side. That's how you keep the faith. You say, you know what? You know what, brother? You know, all these things are happening around me. You know, even people will try to come around you and say, you know, I know you believe in that God's a healer, but haven't you seen your condition? Don't you think if he was going to heal you, he'd heal you by now? The devil is a liar. He's healed you 2,000 years ago. You keep standing upon that promise and watch how you keep driving light into that darkness. And eventually those same people who said you should probably give up will turn around and say, thank God you didn't give up because look at what the Lord has done. That's what you got to do. Sometimes you got to stand there long enough to look ridiculous until you see the supernatural come forth. You have to stay in that place of victory. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Get up every single day and just do exactly what God is telling you to do. Keep speaking his word. Keep uh, doing what the Bible says to do and watch how these things will begin to manifest. But the problem is, is people don't want to fight the good fight of faith long enough 
to actually see it all the way through. And that's not you who's talk, who's listening on the other end of this thing. You are obviously still listening because you have something on the inside of you that says, you know what? I'm going to fight this thing. Come heaven or high water. I'm going to see God's promises come true because he's not a man that should lie nor the son of man that should repent. I'm staying in the place of victory because Jesus has already won it for me. And I know that if I stay long enough, I'm going to see the breakthrough on the other side. If that's you, I want you to shout amen right in the comments. I'm telling you, if you stay in that place, you'll, it's a key. You have, to, you have to be steadfast. When you've done all that you can do, you just stand. And it doesn't matter how long you have to stand. You stand long enough until you see the victory. You stand long enough until it's just you standing that's left. Until it's just you and God. And watch, because with you and God, you're a majority. You and God are a majority. Never forget that. Never forget that you and the Lord together, whether it's just you and him, are a majority against all the rest. Because there's more with you than will be against you. And the thing is, is once you stand long enough, there'll be people who come alongside of you because they'll start seeing the victory, and now they'll, they'll, come, they'll back you up. They'll, then you'll start, you'll start, you break through for others because you refuse to give up. You fight the good fight of faith. You're not just fighting for yourself. You're fighting for those around you. You're fighting for your generation. You're fighting for the people uh, who God has attached to your life. I mean, imagine, we started the ministry in 2020, November 1st, 2020. Imagine if we listened to all the people who said, well, you are absolutely crazy for starting a traveling ministry in 2020 with no churches open, no churches having any guest speakers, very few having guest speakers, and you're going to start a traveling ministry. Imagine if we would have listened to that, but we stood and we continue to stand and we continue to press and we continue to go forward and, and watch how we, we had to stand and look ridiculous. I mean, at one point it kind of felt like it was just me and my wife who believed in us. That's just how it felt. And but guess what? The Lord is the one who gets the final say. Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Never forget it. Jehovah has the final say. Come on, you should turn that song on in your house after this and start dancing around. Because you know what? If you stand long enough, you're going to see the victory. Hallelujah. So key number two, uh, your start and stay in the place of victory, it's up to you. Jesus starts you in the place of victory, but it's up to you to stay. Number three, very, very important. Anchor your identity in Christ. Anchor your identity in Christ. Or in other words, know who you are in Christ. You need to know who you are in Christ. Um, this, All of these could be stressed and could be a message all on their own, but you, you guys... I don't need to take long for any of you, especially in America, to recognize and to think, okay, people have an identity crisis in America. They do. People don't know who they are. <laughs> they think they're one thing and then another. I mean, in some schools, they're acting like animals. It's absolutely ridiculous. So there's an attack on identity. Why? Well, when Jesus was driven into the wilderness... The devil came and tempted him after 40 days. And what did he tempt him and what did he question him in? His identity. If you really are the son of God, do this. If you really are the son of God, worship me. And I'll give you this. He questioned his identity. Knowing who you are in Christ, especially now more than ever, will secure your victory. It will secure uh, 
every single victory you ever have because what happens when you don't know who you are? Insecurity sets in, questioning, confusion, chaos. Those are all results of losing. Not someone who's winning. There's a confidence. When you know who you are in Christ, you have a confidence. You have a boldness. You, have, you know your identity. You know who you are. No one can take that away from you. Once you know who you are, nobody can take it away. Hey, Daniel, God bless you. Tiffany. I see you guys hopping on. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. And many of you guys know this scripture, very well, uh, well-quoted scripture. People talk about it all the time. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Pause right there. I want you just to meditate on that for a second. You're a new creation. You weren't... Uh, you weren't not just made alive, you're born again, you are born again, but you're now recreated. You're, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. You're brand new. Like when something's brand new, it means it's brand new. It means it's, it's developed. It's, it's, it's brand new. You're a new creation in who? Christ. In Christ Jesus. You're a new creation in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. How do you find out? Because here's the reality. You go, you know, many of you, you've answered an altar call at a church or somebody led you to the Lord, maybe at, uh, on the sidewalk or something. And now you still look the same. You know, you felt something change. You felt the bondages of sin fall off. You felt a peace. The peace of God came. You felt that new birth experience. But you look the same, your, your history's the same, your family's the same, all the other things are the same. So how does old things pass away? Behold, all become new. How do you discover that? Through God's word. You find out who you are by finding out who he is. Because now you're a new creation in Christ. Jesus was our example. You now take on the mind of Christ. You now take on the nature of Christ. How? Through his word discovering who you are. And as you discover it, you're, you're fighting the good fight of faith because you're anchored in who you are. You're anchored in your identity in Christ. That's why I wrote the book, I Am Who God Says I Am, 40 Faith Confessions for Every Born-Again Believer. Why? Why? Because when you begin to speak it out, when you, it becomes reality. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What you say matters. And who, who you say you are matters. That's why you should never just flippantly say, well, I'm just an idiot. You know, oh, I'm just, a, I'm just an idiot. I always make mistakes. Don't say that anymore. You're not an idiot. You're a new creation in Christ. You're a son and daughter of God. You're created in the image of God. He created you. You're wonderfully made. You're valuable to God. You're, you're a child of, of, of the living God. You don't ever think, put yourself down. Know your identity. When you know your identity, you get a, a boldness. You know, you know uh, if, for example, if there was a king and a queen, and they had a, they had a son, he's now a prince. The prince, he's, he knows who his parents are. He has, he has royalty. He, he can get away with so much. He can, uh, not that we're trying to get away with anything, but he, 
He has access to the whole kingdom just like his parents do, except for they have a little bit more authority. But he, he, he understands his identity is in royalty. Do you know your identity is in royalty? Do you know that Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords? Do you know who you are? Do you know that Jesus paid the price not just to get you to heaven, but that you can be a son and a daughter of the king? That makes you a, a prince or a princess of the king. You're a king. You're a queen of the living God, you have a, you have authority, you have, you have power given from the King. You, you have all this at your access, but if you don't know who you are, you can't access what is already yours. The Prince of the King has access to the kingdom, has access to the maids, to the servants. He has access to all these things. But if, if he didn't know he was a Prince, then how would he access the the things of the kingdom? See, when you know who you are in Christ, it uh, gives you access to what is already yours. And how do we find out what's ours? We find out through the word. How do you fight the good fight of faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You find out what the Bible says and you enforce it. And one of the areas that you have to enforce it in, you have to get rid of the victim mentality. You're not a victim. You're a victor. I want you to type that in the comments. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. You're, you're, you are destined to be victorious. You are victorious. But many Christians are walking around as victims. And if with the victim mentality, oh, woe is me. Nothing ever good happens in my life. You know, I just, I tried that, but I tried that, but you'll, you, you're operating as basically the Bible says, uh, you could use the term bastard. A bastard means one without a father. You're not a, we're not orphans. We are children of God. We need to act like it. You need to act like a child of God. I'm more than a conqueror through him who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I've been given all power, all authority over the enemy. I'll walk in divine victory everywhere I go. You have to talk that way. You have to think that way. You have to be that way because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he or she. As you think about yourself, that's who you become. And the Bible is clear. He, he wants us to think as, vic, uh, as victory people. He wants us to think as people who are walking and winning every single day, not as victims. We're not victims. We, don't, we haven't lost. We, we've won. Jesus has overcome so we can over, overcome. He overcame the world so we can overcome. Come on. Grab a hold of this tonight. You're fighting the good fight of faith because it's in your identity. It's your DNA. And anybody who's not walking in the DNA of victory, they're, walk, they're, not, they're walking as lost. They shouldn't be. You shouldn't be because your identity is in Christ. Look at this, Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You can say that over your life. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Your identity is in Christ. Did Jesus lose? How many, how many think Jesus lost? Jesus never lost. Even when the, the Bible even says, even when he was on the cross, he made the devil a public spectacle. He embarrassed the devil. The devil became the biggest loser on the cross. Because Jesus overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. 
because you no longer live as yourself. You live by faith in the Son of God. You've been crucified with Christ. You no longer live. It's him who lives in you. And if he lives in you and you understand who you are in him, then you are constantly walking in victory every single day of your life. And you say, well, brother, I've been going through an attack and I haven't seen the victory yet. And I don't really don't know if I can really believe that. Well, the devil is a liar. You already have the victory. Paul understood this even to the point where he, they warned him. They said, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be killed. And he said, I'm ready to die for the sake of the gospel because I know even if they try to take me out, even if they kill me right now, I still win because I get to go to heaven and reign and rule with Jesus. You never lose. Even if you died this day, and I believe that you're not going to die today. Today is not your day to die. But even if that something happened and you died, you still win if you're in Christ. You can't lose. This is a never. This is a never lose uh, type of way of living. Even every martyr, you would say, man, they were martyred. They were killed. They weren't victorious. Yes, they were because they died in Christ and they rose and now they're in heaven. And guess what? The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first and they're going to rise again. I'm telling you, you can't lose with Christ. You can't lose. You can't lose with Jesus. It's impossible when you know who you are. It's impossible to lose. So what are you going through tonight that you can say, well, this is too hard for God? It's never too hard for God. Nothing is impossible to those who believe. Nothing. No matter what. Number four. I'm going to have to rattle through these last two real quick. But number four, hold fast to your confession of faith. So know who you are in Christ, number three. But number, number four, hold fast to your confession. Why? The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. What you say matters. I want you to say that to yourself. What I say matters. What you say is so important. The Bible says this, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith. Talking about fighting the good fight of faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what was written, I believed, and so I spoke. And so we believe, and we also speak. What you believe in your heart, you say it out of your mouth, that is what becomes reality. Mark eleven twenty two 22 through 23, Jesus said, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown to the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Whatsoever you say when you believe in your heart. You want to fight the good fight of faith? You need to believe the word of God and you need to allow the word of God to come out of your mouth. And that is what will move mountains. You got a mountain in your life. You got a sickness, a disease. You got poverty in your life. You got some mountain of debt. You speak the word of the Lord over it. You believe it in your heart first because it's with man believes in his heart. Then he speaks out of his mouth. That's how you're saved. That's how faith works. You believe in your heart. You speak with your mouth. So you need to know the promise. It's not just, you're not just going around saying, I believe I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, but you don't really believe what you're saying. No, you have to believe what you're saying first. Never forget that. But once you believe what you're saying, then once you start saying it, it has to eventually get up and be moved out of the way. No matter what, no matter what it looks like, it has to, it has to, because it's what you believe. You know, I remember, uh, the first major move of our life was to get from Indiana to, to Florida because we were called to Bible school and we believed God spoke to, when I say we, my brother and I, we were single at the time, we weren't married, and I, uh, we both felt called to go. 
And I remember um, we had to, we, we're, I mean, from moving from Indiana to Florida, that's over a thousand plus miles. That's a big move, especially at the age of 21 and 19 years old. We've never left the state. And so now we're about to move halfway across the nation. And, uh, you know, at 19 and 21, you don't have the best credit, and you, but let alone a good job. I mean, we were going to college at the time, so it wasn't like, oh, we had like, we needed a miracle to move. We needed a miracle to get into the next place we were going to live. And I remember give, grabbing a hold of this, and I remember the, that this scripture here, what's, when you believe in your heart, doubt not in your heart, whatsoever you say, you'll have. And I remember, man, I believe, we believed with all of our heart, man, we saw ourselves going to Tampa. We saw ourselves going to Bible school and graduating and finishing three years, but this mountain of getting into a place seemed impossible. And not only getting to a place, getting a job, being able to provide for ourselves. And I remember just speaking it out of my spirit that I see a place that I'm going to, we're going to live in. We're going to be roommates. I see everything coming in. I see beds. I see couches. I see everything, even down to the food and even down to the toilet paper. We said we would have all of it. I said, I even see toilet paper that we're not even going to have to pay for. I mean, that was just, that was just what we were speaking out of our mind, out of our spirit because we believed it. And we kept speaking that we never allowed a doubt to come out of our mouth. Well, I don't think God's going to come through. That never came out of our mouth. We said, God is coming through. He called us and we're going to make sure we, that we go and fulfill the call of God. We kept speaking it out. And it was two weeks before we needed to be there two weeks. And we had no place to live. And we called everybody. They had a list of people and did, nothing worked out. So here we are and we're just prepared. You know what? If we got to just drive down there and maybe something will open up once we get there, we'll do it. But it was two weeks before. We're still speaking the word of the Lord. We're believing in our heart. And a, a man called us and he said, hey, um, I just lost two roommates uh, in my place. And uh, I wanted to know if you guys still needed a place to live. And we said, absolutely, we need a place to live. And then he began to list off, okay, well, this is what it entails. It's going to be this this amount each per month for you to live here. And, uh, and then he started saying, well, you know, rent is this, but this is what's included. And he started listing off the beds are included. The sheets are included, the towels. He said, even don't even worry about paying for the toilet paper. It's included. I'm telling you the power of God hit us. We started running around because guess what? That was what we said. Whatsoever you say you will have. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. You got to keep your, the word of God on your lips and on your tongue. You got to keep the word of God coming out of your mouth. I mean, if you get an ounce of wanting to speak doubt, you just, you crucify your flesh. You refuse to allow that doubtful thought to come out of your mouth and watch what will happen. Well, you know, brother, you know, we all just can't be, you know, that's just positive confession. No, it's not. It's how God said, have the faith of God whatsoever you say unto this mountain. Be thou removed. You know, people don't really, I'll be honest, in a lot of church circles, they don't really believe that what you say matters. How do I know? I listen to them. <laughs> Just listen to them talk long enough. They don't believe what they say. They don't believe their words have power, but they're experiencing, you'll experience the fruit of your lips, the Bible says. What you say, you'll experience. You'll have whatsoever you say. So why not put it on your lips and on your tongue, the word of God, so you can experience the promises, so you can walk in victory. Because many people, this is where they, they know who they are in Christ. They've they done the last three. They know they are in Christ. They're, they know they're in a place of victory. They're exercising godliness, but their mouth is causing them to never go into victory because their mouth is always defeat. 
We all know somebody right now, if we thought about them, they're always negative. Don't be negative. Be positive with God's word. You can never go wrong with speaking God's word in your situation because you don't deny the facts. Whatever you're going through, we didn't deny that we didn't have a place to live, but we were denying its right to remain that way. We were denying the right of lack, or we were denying, yeah, the right of lack because God promised us that all of our needs would be met according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And if we needed a place to live because he called us to go somewhere, then he was going to provide that place. And so we weren't wrong by quoting his word, by speaking what we saw out of our spirit, and then it manifested. And that's how this thing works. What you say matters because when you speak it out, when you believe what's in your heart, because God's putting dreams in people's hearts, and he's waiting on people to speak it out and act upon it for it to come to pass. Let the, when, think about it. If God just re- let the earth remain in his mind and in his thoughts and never spoke it out of his mouth, this wouldn't be here. He had to speak and say, let there be light, and there was light. And then every, six, each day he spoke things, and they were created. We are the same way. We are created in his image. We should be speaking God's word, speaking things out, watching things manifest. Amen. Start doing this. Make, make a little adjustment in your life. And if you have a, a partner, uh, a spouse or a friend who can, you know, you can trust who you're not going to beat up because they kind of correct your, your speaking uh, because you need somebody to be like, hey, don't talk that way. That's not what the Bible says. You need somebody who says that. Because if you have that in your life and you, you condition yourself, I'm only speaking what God says. I'm not denying things in my life. I'm not acting foolish, but I'm speaking his word to see things change. Watch how you'll see more victorious victories in your life on, in every area. Amen? And number five, get this in your spirit. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Second Chronicles 20, verse 15. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I want you to say that out loud in your home. The battle is God's. The battle's not yours. See, we stay in that place of victory. You don't want to fight the battle. You want to you want to you want to stay in that place of victory. You've already won. Let God do the fighting. How do you do that? You fight the good fight of faith by doing the four previous things that I said. You stay out of sin, right? You stay in your place of victory. You're seated in the right you're seated with Christ. Number 3, uh you are anchored in your identity. You're not getting outside of your identity in Christ and you're keeping and holding fast to your confession and you're acting upon God's word, and then that is putting the battle to the Lord. Because he said, cast all your cares upon him. Be anxious for nothing. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle is the Lord's. Your job is to believe. You do the believing and the stepping out by faith, and he does the rest. Your job is to believe. His job is to act. Get that in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit. It's your job to believe. It's his job to do the actions. But if you're not believing right, if you're not doing what he said to do, if you're not speaking the right, the word of God, if you're not staying in that place of victory, 
you're trying to fight the battle yourself, and in your flesh, you lose the battle every single time. You always will lose in your flesh. But when you know that the battle belongs to the Lord, and you just do what the Bible says to do, then he's always going to come through. Can you say amen? The battle belongs to the Lord. So whatever you're going through tonight, if you're going through, maybe you're not going through anything. It doesn't have to mean that you're going through something bad. Many people want to go to another level. Many people have been stagnant, like, oh, Lord, I, you know, everything's good, nothing's bad, but it just feels like I plateaued. It just feels like I just... I just need to go to, I need more, Lord, I need more. I need to go to another level. The battle belongs to the Lord. Cast it over to him and watch how he'll rise you up. Watch how he'll, he'll break you through to another level. Watch how he'll explode your business. Watch how he'll explode your, your personal life. Watch how he'll restore those relationships. Watch how he'll, he'll set you free or he'll bring in that supernatural financial provision that you've been standing on because now the battle's not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. You give it over to him. You've done all you can do, therefore stand and let God do it. That's what people don't want to do. They don't want God to do it. They try to figure out a way to do it themselves. Because Bible says, let faith have its perfect work through patience, and then you'll lack nothing. People have faith, but do, are they, they're fighting the fight of faith, but sometimes the fight of faith is standing and standing and standing and being patient and letting God do the work because the battle belongs to the Lord's. Amen. The battle belongs to the Lord. And you can rejoice in that because you already won. He already won. But in the middle of something, sometimes you're like, well, you know, how is this thing going to turn out? How is this thing going to work? And you're wondering, you know, stop worrying. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's going to work out. All things work for good. You're going to see the victory all the way through. You're going to see your spouse get saved if you hold on long enough. If you keep doing what the Bible says, you keep sowing love, you keep speaking the word, you're going to see your spouse saved. You're going to see your children saved. You're going to see that that breakthrough in that job. You're going to see that promotion that God keeps showing you. You're going to see that business explode. You're going to see open doors in ministry. Why? Because the battle belongs to the Lord. It's not you, it's Him. And so you give it over to Him and you do do your part. I'm not saying don't do your part. You keep the word on your lips. You keep acting upon God's word. You don't stop. Uh, you know, you, well, you know, brother, I'm believing God for financial breakthrough, but I think I'm going to have to stop tithing. That's the devil. No, you keep, you keep the battle. The battle belongs to the Lord, but you keep fighting the good fight of faith by doing and speaking God's word. You bring that tithe into the storehouse. And then out of your mouth, you say the devourers rebuke. The blessing of the Lord is coming upon me. He's opened up the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing. I can't even receive it. I haven't seen it yet, but I know I'm about to experience it. The blessing's mine. The blessing's mine. You keep speaking it out of your mouth. The blessing will manifest. The same with healing. You get up and you just you just go about your day the best you can. And you keep speaking out of your mouth. 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price by his stripes. I'm already healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. You speak against that sickness. You curse that cancer. You curse that sickness. And then you just keep walking and you keep talking. He took my infirmities. He took my sicknesses. You keep it upon your lips. You keep acting upon his word. And eventually it's going to manifest because the battle belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to you. You're just remaining in that place of victory. And eventually victory will begin to manifest in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your finances, in your life. Can you say amen? Come on. I preach myself happy. I'm about to run around this studio right now and shout and dance and sing hallelujah. And uh, Jose will have to keep the camera on me to keep keep you guys from seeing me. I'm telling you, the victory is already yours. You're not waiting for victory. You already have it. 
I want you to type in the comments, I have the victory. Old timers used to say, don't lose the victory. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Don't get into sin. Don't speak negative. Don't do the opposite of what I just said. Amen. The battle belongs to the Lord. I want to pray real quick for you guys before we receive our offering here tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord. Those who are fighting a battle, Lord, we thank you the battle belongs to you. Lord, as they get rid of sin, Lord, as they speak the word of the Lord, as they confess God's word over their situations, as they speak to those mountains, we thank you, Father, that you begin to manifest the victory in their lives in every single area, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, Lord, because they're not trying to be victorious. They're already victorious through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Open their eyes and their understanding to that reality that they have already won because you've won in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, I want you to shout amen right where you're at. Shout amen in the comments. Throw some fire in the comments. Come on. Tiffany, Vicky, Daniel, Marjorie, Siobhan, Brian. Come on. Ash, praise the Lord. Shout in your homes. Shout and praise. Sometimes, you, you know, many people, they pray, they pray, they pray. They prayed it all the way through, but now it's time to praise it because praise is the sound of victory. Praise is the shout of victory. Praise is the voice of victory. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Well, we want to give you an opportunity to give the devil a black eye in your finances, and uh, we want you to sow a seed tonight. And I want you to ask the Lord what he would have you do and do what God tells you to do. You know, many people watch the broadcast, and I'm so thankful that you do. Uh, but many people just hop off at this time. I don't want you to hop off. I want you to, to ask the Lord seriously. Ask him, what can I do to further your kingdom and do what he tells you to do? They'll put it up on the screen. There's different ways to give. And your seed is going towards souls. It's going towards revival. It's going towards reaching people. We don't just receive money just to get money. No, we're, we're actively we're going to be doing an outreach on June 10th where we're reaching uh, Bethlehem. We're helping a church plant reach people with the gospel. We're going to be going soul winning in, in uh, New York. We're going to be in Ithaca winning souls. So do your part and in, uh, in sow a seed into the kingdom of God tonight. Maybe some people watching me right now, you've never ever given a thousand dollar seed. I know that sounds like a lot to people, but it's really not. You know, I remember the first time I ever did something took place and you, you know, do something substantial for, for the kingdom. And ask the Lord to have you do. And if you do, if you sow anything tonight, we'll give you this new, brand new book by my wife. It's called The Powerful Weapon of Forgiveness. All you have to do is go fill out the form on our website, zanerministries.com slash offer. We'll give you this book for free. And I don't want to ask those people who are giving tonight, would you become a partner with us, with the Z team? I felt after we did activate, we had our helps team called the Z team, but I wanted to make this and extend this to our partners. We're believing for a hundred partners to stand with us with the Z team. You know, the Lord showed me this, you know, a lot of times in the natural people send in the A team because the A team is supposed to be the best, right? But the Bible says that he's the last shall be first. The last shall be first. And so he saved the best for last. And so be a part of the Z team because the Z team is the best team, and you can sign up to be a partner by going to zanerministries.com slash give and hit that partner tab and do what you can. We're believing for 100 partners. I'm believing for 40 of them in 40 partners of $100 a month, and the rest, 
50, 25, 10, whatever you can do, be do whatever you can at the level that you're at and watch how God increases you. But I'm believing God for 100 or 40 $100 partners. Why? Because I'm putting my faith, I'm specifically putting my faith on a specific number so I can see God come through and so I, we can rejoice together when it happens. So make sure uh, that you, you, you pray about becoming part of the Z team. And we're going to be rolling out some cool things with that. We're going to be making shirts and we're going to be sending that out to partners. And we're going to be having our first uh, partners luncheon sometime this year. We're, pre- uh, we're preparing that. And we're going to be meeting with our partners in person for the first time. So if you want to be a part of that, sign up today and we'll make sure that you get an invitation with that. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight and being a part. How many by a show of hands in the comments you would say you're going to walk out of this live stream before you go to bed in a happy, victorious mood? And if you're not, I did a bad job, but I don't think so because, I mean, I saw Jose over there doing the big old jig, man. He was dancing around and hopping around. I'm telling you what, we're, we got victory in the house. Amen. <laughs> we got victory in this place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I see some new people on here. I don't know how to pronounce a king bait. God bless. <laughs> I don't know how to say the other guy's name, but I'm so glad you tuned in. I see Peter on YouTube. Love you guys. Miss Siobhan, always faithful to the broadcast. Thank you so much. One final thing. I know I keep asking, I keep saying a lot of finals, but one last thing. On YouTube, I want you to hit the bell, hit the like button, and hit subscribe right now so you never miss a broadcast. And if you're on Facebook, go to YouTube when this is over and subscribe to our channel. Why? You'll never miss a broadcast. You'll never miss anything that we post. We post everything there when it comes to video, and we want to make sure that you are a part of what Zayner Ministries is doing. Amen. Well, I love you guys. God bless you. I'm Evangelist Nick, and I approve this message. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We are asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZaynerMinistries.com and click the Give Now button to become a monthly covenant partner today.